So I'm calling this today the King David Legacy. King David was the Old Testament person that could most be compared with Jesus in his heart attitude towards God and in his awareness of his own soul. The Bible said he had a heart after God's own heart. It's in 1 Samuel 13 and in the book of Acts. And Jesus was called in the Bible the Son of David. That's in Matthew three times and in many other areas in the Bible. The Son of David. And of all the people in the Old Testament, David had about the deepest understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit. It was almost as if he was having a peek into the new covenant experience of being joined to the Lord in his spirit. He said things like, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. And indeed, he did have more Holy Spirit anointing than anyone else. There were some powerful anointings individually, but he had the anointing of a king and the anointing of a prophet. That was rare. And he also did something quite outside tradition when it comes to the Holy Spirit priestly anointing. He wasn't really anointed as a priest because only the high priest could wear the priestly garment, which was called an ephod, and they would wear that when praying to God on behalf of Israel. David one day requested the ephod from the priest Abiathar. He wore the ephod to inquire of the Lord at a critical time when Saul was out to get him and was making war against him. And God heard David's priestly prayer and Saul was defeated. So he was king, prophet, and he had a priestly anointing. There's only one other person had that, and that is Jesus. David understood that a true fear of God was not the thought of God watching us in a threatening way that made us want to hide and feel nothing but guilt for our sinfulness. In fact, he knew that the true fear of God was a fear of being separated from him, to feel separated from God. He trusted in the loving forgiveness and mercy of God and he knew that the only place of safety and freedom for his soul was being in God's presence, as close to him as he could possibly be. And he, he says in Psalm 51, Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. He had the true picture of God in his sights and he declared that in such a graphic manner. We might talk to one another and, and encourage one another to believe that God's with you. God's with you. Uh, Recognise that you can be with God because his presence is always with you. We might convince somebody, but we can get them thinking. But this is what, this is what David said. In Psalm 139, he said, You know when I sit or stand. You know my every thought. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment, you know where I am. You know where I'm going. You know, and you know what I'm going to say before I even say it. I can never be lost to your spirit. I can never get away from you, my God. 
If I ride the morning winds to the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me, your strength will support me. If I try to hide in the darkness, the night becomes light around me, for even darkness cannot hide from you. There's a man that knew the presence of God. So now, while David is the person that the Old and the New Testament scriptures most likened to Jesus in mind and heart, we can also see that he's the one that we, in our own humanity, can liken ourselves to. We can relate to him in the working of our own minds and hearts because he tells you who he is, what he's thinking, what it's like to be with God. So we could even put ourselves in the picture with David in Psalm 32. I'm just going to read you that psalm. It's not a long one. Because David, in a very humble and an honest way speaks about who he is. He lets us in on his personal struggles, the stresses that he experienced in his soul and even in his body and how God just comforted, strengthened him with love and forgiveness. And he feels that he's let God down and he feels that he's let himself down. So he thinks to himself, what do I do about this? And then he says, I'm going to go into the place of prayer in the refuge of God's presence and then everything changes. Let me read you the psalm. It's from the Living Bible. Psalm 32. Count yourself blessed about how happy you must be when you get a fresh start. Your slate's wiped clean. Count yourself blessed about how God holds nothing against you and you are holding nothing back from him. When I kept it all inside, my bones dried out like powder and my words became groaning all day long. The pressure never let go, draining the sap of life out of me. Then I let it all out to God and I said, I'll make a clean breast of my failures to God. Suddenly the pressure was gone. My guilt dissolved. My sin disappeared. These things add up. Every one of us needs to pray when all hell breaks loose and the dam bursts, we will be on high ground, untouched. God is my island refuge, keeping danger far from the shore, throwing garlands of hosannas around my neck. He gave me some good advice saying, I'm looking you in the eye and giving it to you straight. Don't be resistant like a horse or a mule that needs a bit and bridle to stay on track. God defiers are always in trouble. God affirmers find themselves loved every time they turn around. And then he says, sing together, all you faithful and open-hearted people, and be joyful. There's a man that lets you know what it is, how it is with him. And he found one way to find peace, and that was to go into the presence of God. He knew God was there. You see, we can believe that God's everywhere. He's there. And the other part to that equation is, are we there? He's present, but we make ourselves present. That's about all we can do. Can't make him do anything, but we can respond to the fact that he's present. So what David's done there is telling us that he'd been brooding about himself instead of getting his eyes on the Lord. But he recalls the truth of what he knows he believes in and he decides to hold nothing back. 
and he immediately realizes that God is going to hold nothing back from him. He says in another psalm to us, Be still, know that I am God, I will be exalted among the nations. So God's telling David to be still, and he knew how to do it. He admits that his wrong thinking had tortured his poor, shredded soul. But now his right thinking about God's love allows for the change. God looks right into his eyes, into his heart, offers forgiveness and mercy, and says, draw close, stay close. And David tells us in the psalm, quietly and firmly, to stay close to God. Don't be resistant to the powerful presence of God. God's been with us, each one, individually, every moment of our lives. Wherever we went, whatever we did, just as David discovered. And the Holy Spirit is here with us now. He's felt every personal hurt and pain that we've felt. He's felt that with us as he did with David and with Jesus. He touched the pain of humanity. And Holy Spirit takes us from those past moments into the present moment of faith. And that's where I want us to land today. As we sit, a present moment of faith that brings God's love and healing to all the pain and brokenness and also begins to show us not only who we are but who God is for us. Holy Spirit overrides time. And if we learn to be still and know his nearness like David did, we will discover that the present moment is the most powerful moment in our lives. Where else is it? When else is it? It's not tomorrow. We don't know about tomorrow. All the rest is gone. The present moment is when and where God acts upon our soul. Our spirit is connected. But we become aware of that in the present moment. Instead of the past circumstances acting upon us, the present moment is acting upon us. Every moment is a present, supernatural, transforming moment of God's new hope for us. Where do you get your hope from? Yesterday? A future thing that may happen? Or now when God is happening? His power and love are present, but we have to be present to that reality. That's why we practice presence. That's why I encourage it. Because that's where and when God is present for us. When King David gave his heart and mind to God this way, he was able to do the things God wanted him to do. I mean, there are things to do, but often if you feel like, I've got to get up and do things, I've got to make this happen, I've got to save the world, I've got to, I've got to be there for God. God says, can you be there for me first? So David gave his heart and mind to God, and he was able to do the things God wanted him to do. And when we give ourselves to God this way, we find grace to do the things that God wants us to do. Amen.